All right. This is the very first episode of The Misfits. Um, This is a podcast that was spawned out of uh, many requests for a lady-centric podcast from Talking Comics uh, post our discussion uh, on women in comics uh, back in a month when that happened. (laughs) It was a while ago. Yes. So... Um, we don't have any intro music or anything right now. That's why you've just heard us begin talking. And us is Mara Wood. Hello. Melissa Megan. Hi. And me, Stephanie Cook, who you might know all of us in various degrees from Talking Comics. Um, and I'm really nervous for some reason. I've been podcasting for like <laughs> two and a half years now almost. And like... I feel like it's the very first time I've podcasted ever. Like, I'm shaking, guys. Oh. It's your production debut. I know. What if it sucks? You're like the director. (laughs) No. The content's going to be good, so it's okay if the uh, production is, you know, still learning. Lacking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, still learning. Well, bear with me, everyone, if this is not as good as, you know, our production guru Bobby Shortle um I am still you know his grasshopper apprentice learning things um anyways so by the time you guys listen to this it will be a Monday February 17th and this will be our official debut day um I I I feel like even though I'm nervous you guys should know that I'm very excited (laughs) um and yeah, we're we're kind of he- kind of no, we are here. We're here to kind of tell you a little bit about um, you know the geek world outside of comics. Uh, we're going to obviously still talk about comics because that's a big part of all of our worlds. Um, but we also really want to talk to you guys about other things as well. Um, other things like TV, movies, video games. I don't know board games if it should come up, manga. Um, you know. Anything that floats our geeky boats. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, good stuff. Good stuff to come. Um, but hope so. <laughs> first of all, like, I just want to give you guys an introduction. Again, you guys might be familiar with all of us um, in some way from either like Twitter, Facebook, uh, the Talking Comics podcast, the site, um, or whatever, but... Some of you also might be new to, you know, the Talking Comics world and the Misfits. So I want to introduce each of us a little bit better, um, you know, outside of just saying our names. So uh, I've asked everyone to prepare a little piece, you know, a song, if you will. (laughs) A song of words with no melody. Song and dance. Yes, but not a song of fire and ice. (laughs) I'm so weird. Okay, anyways. <laughs> so, Mara, tell yes. us a little bit about you. Well, I am a 24-year-old comic book fan living in Arkansas. And that's not exactly the greatest place for a comic book fan to live. I don't get to run into any creators or artists, but I do have contact with a lot of fans. Um, and I feel like that connection to the real world 
I started reading comics when I was very young. My mom used to go to the comic book shop weekly to pick up her Catwoman, Superman, Batman, and X-Men books. And she'd let me read some of her issues, but I had to like wash my hands and pull them out of the bags a certain way and sit on the floor. And I had to like go corner to corner with all the page turns. And she would just check and make sure everything was fine. So I have a, a lot of respect for comic book collecting because of her. I am currently in a school psychology doctoral program. I am in my last semester of coursework. So after May, I'll be out interning, studying for the EPPP, getting my psychologist license. Very exciting stuff. I'm so sick and tired of school. Uh, I, in my spare time, I do a lot of research with comic books, um, namely trying to establish empirical evidence for using them in therapy and in classrooms. My dissertation is focused on reading comprehension and reading motivation using comic books. I presented research at San Diego Comic-Con using um, transportation scales and comic books, uh, trying to show that readers can connect with comic book characters the same way they can with prose or narrative um, fiction characters. So I, You're like yeah. super <laughs> smart one of the bunch. Not to say that we aren't smart, but you're like, <laughs> structured you know, smart, smart. Like <laughs> so and um oh i'm married to a comic book geek as well he actually proposed to me by leaving a trail of wedding themed comic book issues throughout the entire day so i have quite a great collection of like superheroes getting married in comic books and you obviously did not suspect a thing no actually really <laughs> I suspected all of it oh i thought you were gonna be like no i really didn't no no she's too smart for that <laughs> um, after after the first three that i found i was like yep i know what's gonna happen your your mom and you like talking about comic books and you know how carefully you had to lay them out kind of sounds like my dad when he was trying to teach me how to like use vinyl and cds and stuff yeah. like don't <laughs> you touch it you hold it this way and don't you put your finger on it well, kids are so greasy, <laughs> yeah, you know, and sticky. Gross. And I was like, I still cannot believe my mom let me read her her comic books back then. Just she was a brave soul. She was she is a brave soul. Or maybe I was a clean kid. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I mean, not to say that you were particularly dirty, but I mean, kids, they just have that way of finding, yeah, the dirt pile in the you know. Stuff. The clean That's white been room. My experience. <laughs> yeah, Melissa is the mommy of the bunch, right? A bunch. Yeah. Can I of can us. I just make up a few degrees now so I feel as smart as more? <laughs> yes. What yes. are you? What have you studied, Melissa? Um, I have a degree in poopy. <laughs> um, specifically, um, the containment of poopy. Um, are you good at the game <laughs> chocolate or poop? <laughs> no, it's not really a guessing game in my house. <laughs> it's always poop. <laughs> well, at least you know where the poop came from. So yeah, that's like one mystery solved. Very good at containing it, too. See, that's like a superpower. <laughs> yeah. If you can hold four limbs and clean up the poop without spilling it with only two hands, that's a skill. Moms are superheroes. <laughs> and still find time for comics. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So what has been your experience with comics then? Like, how did um, you get into them? Or, you know, what makes you continue to read them, even though, you know, you spend so much time with poop? 
<laughs> my experience is actually kind of the exact opposite from our um I I was just a complete bookworm until my early 20s um when an ex-boyfriend of mine kind of forced me to start reading comics I I sort of uh not to say poop again but I sort of poo-pooed them <laughs> um you know I was one of those people who just thought that that's not there's not any real quality literature in there it's just pictures and kind of casual fun stuff and I didn't really take it seriously um and he picked out a few select books for me to start with and said, you know, you should read these. And then if you hate it, you don't have to read anything else after that. Um, and the first one I read was Transmetropolitan. And I was just sucked in immediately. And I don't know if you guys have read that one, but it's a pretty heavy kind of politically driven. I about to say, for like a bookworm to start with that one, he did a good job. <laughs> right. Pulling yeah, because in. it wasn't superhero stuff and it wasn't too like, you know, light reading so it felt like I was reading real literature and Warren Ellis is still I think he's a genius as far as writing goes so um so yeah that's where I started reading comics and I just kind of got hooked from there um and just a little bit about me I live in upstate New York um I'm I'm definitely the mommy of the bunch I'm 36 so I'm older than you ladies too um I have a 16 month at home and um yeah my my big thing now is challenging my big challenge is trying to balance uh my nerdly interests and fun time with being a responsible mom and you know making sure my kid eats and stuff like that in between playing video games and topics very nice so like would you say that you're doing a good job like do you feel like you're balancing things or is it still one of it's like a process for you it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process, you know, trying to find time to sneak in whenever I can after bedtime. I actually carry my Kindle in my purse with me. And so a little, uh, a little secret of mom's is when the kid falls asleep in the car seat, you just park in a parking lot and sit and read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were telling us that the other day at our meeting, yeah. we had a secret Skype meeting to get this all ready. Some moms sleep. I pull out my Kindle and I read my comics. <laughs> That is, take your time when you, you've got it, right? Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Talking comics is very much my, uh, my escape. Well, that's, it's that escape is good. My life. <laughs> I feel so like, I feel weird because normally on the talking comics show, I'm just like making sound effects and stuff. And now I feel like I'm like a Canadian Barbara Walters. Is Barbara Walters already Canadian? I don't know. I don't think so. I think she's uh, American. I'm sure once we get in the groove, there'll be plenty of sound effects. Ah, bye. F- FYI, I just committed the first party foul of this podcast. Uh-oh. I spilled sweet tea all over my carpet. Oh, no. <laughs> my husband is going to kill me. Ah, at least it wasn't like red wine. No, I was, no. I was going to say you should have totally lied and said it was whiskey. Yeah. I just well, dumped this sweet whiskey all whiskey. over the ground. I put, I put my wine next to my computer, like within reaching distance. I wasn't thinking, and I kicked my leg out, and I hit this tea that was like on deck to be drank next. Oh, the oh no! Everywhere else, you could just like drink it off the carpet. No, don't no. do that. Don't do that. I'm not. I'm not an animal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you should do that. I immediately regretted saying that. It's okay. Um, she spends a lot of time with cats. I do. <laughs> I'm I'm a crazy cat lady. Um, but yeah, that 
sort of brings things around to me, I guess. And um, I am pretty much just like a professional crazy cat lady, I think. Um, I lived in the middle of nowhere growing up. So, I mean, I didn't have access to a comic book store or anything like that. So my introduction to comics was through things like Archie Comics, um, which I think a lot of people don't really necessarily consider comics. But, you know, they it's, are. A, it's a kid's gateway. It's a gateway drug. Um, and then I grew up with TV shows like Batman, the animated series and X-Men, the animated series. And, you know, when you're watching those, you don't realize that they're part of a comic book world if that's not something that's already on your radar. So I just like devoured them for what they were. And then, you know, as I grew up, found out that they were comic books, like based on comic books and wanted more. Of course, it took me a long time to get there. And I you know, read more Archie, and I did stuff with manga, um, and then eventually, like in college, I made my way to comics, and I started using them as, um, I was in school for advertising and graphic design, and I had all these art classes, so I would use them as, like, inspiration, and I would draw from them, and all sorts of stuff, and our art teachers would teach us that, you know, anatomy from comic books is actually really good drawing like things to teach yourself how to draw because the exaggerated poses and stuff and the anatomy is just you know I, I don't know what words I'm trying to say but <laughs> they were good for learning how to draw is what the, the, the gist of it was that I got um but then I just sort of got sucked into the comic books themselves and was like nah I don't want to draw <laughs> um, and you know it was a it was a bit of a downward spiral into nerdtastic stuff from there um and yeah um I'm in Canada obviously like unlike the Talking Comics podcast where Bob Bobby and Steve are all in one room recording and I'm Skyped in we're all Skyped in from various places in North America so none of us are in the same room but we are in the same room in spirits. One of these days we'll be in the same room. Yes, someday. We'll have to find a convention and it'll be like our meeting point. Um, but yeah, so uh, I work as a comic book person assistant. <laughs> uh, and I do like freelance, you know, writing and stuff on the side and just take on various projects when said comic book person is, you know, busy working on things and stuff and I need to keep busy. So that is me in a nutshell. Um, and Mara and Melissa as well. And if you guys want to know more about us outside of it, we'll give you, you know, places where you can find us at the end of the show. But for now, um, we're going to move on to, we're, we're kind of playing around with the format a bit. So Bear with us a smidge. I promise our transitions will become smoother and we will get less. Oh my God, it's our first show. Um, but we're going to do a thing similar to Books of the Week for those of you who are familiar with talking comics. But um, this one's a bit more general. So we're doing a thing called Recommendations. And uh, this is a place for us to discuss things that we're currently into. Um, but not necessarily just comics. It can be. But, you know, if we're watching a cool TV show or uh, reading an awesome book or reading something 
fantastic from the manga world. This is our gonna this is gonna be our place to talk about those things. Um, so you know we we don't want to just limit it, and we don't want to be just talking comics, but with ladies. We want to have our own show. The Misfits is its own thing. We are free. So, we are free and sassy mm -hmm. and snarky. Yes, that's probably also <laughs> accurate. But anyways, um, yeah. So I I feel so. And this and this and this, like formulaic, but um, I, I guess we'll just get started with our recommendations. And since Mara kicked off the bios, Melissa, would you like to start with your first recommendation? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I read The Bunker uh, this <sighs> week, which is a, a comic that came out from Oni Press. Is that how you say it? Oni? Or is that I think Oni? so. I think it's Oni. Um. But yeah, it's really, really cool, and it's my favorite thing that I read this week, or the last two weeks, really. Um, but it's all about uh, a group of friends who discover a bunker that has their names on it, um, and it's buried in the ground, kind of like lost, except for there's no cute Australian in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> instead, there's a bunch of uh, strange uh, little notes, which uh, apparently are notes from themselves from the future. Uh, basically warning them of all the terrible things that they're going to do. But I haven't really figured out exactly what the point of the notes are yet. Cause it's kind of like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to destroy all these things and you're just going to be a shitty person, but you can't do anything to change it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's kind of, it's really weird. And, you know, and of course everybody tries to start figuring out how to do things differently because they don't want to be terrible, shitty people. But, you know, in the end, it's that it's already kind of set up that question, like how much how much of your fate can you really change? You know, how much can you change who you are, even if you know what's going to happen later? Um, but it's really, really cool. Um, and the art is is uh, very nice to look at. It's pretty simplistic art, but um, it's all black and white. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was all black and white, if I can remember correctly. Um but yeah, it's it's a really really cool book, and the first the first one is let me see I think it's actually I read it digitally, but I'm pretty sure that it's a pretty large volume. Um, it's not a single issue, but um, that's my first recommendation is the bunker. All right. Do you know? Did you say who wrote it or did the art or anything? Uh... I'm Googling things as well. I'm like... I know. I did not. I'm trying to find it right now. I'm actually on the site, and for some reason, it's not easy to find. Let's see. The Bunker. Um, it's not anyone that I'm familiar with. Oh. No. Why is this not working? <laughs> Why am I talking like that? <laughs> oh, okay. Let's see. Oh, it's by uh, Joshua Fialkov. Ooh. Who did I Vampire and other things which clearly i know of i think he did uh justice league dark didn't he let's or look, a little bit let's look he did things don't quote me on that Ooh, <laughs> look at he wrote stuff Ooh, wow did cataclysm ultimate x-men let's see i don't know he did lots of stuff he's done lots of stuff but he's in my mind Notably, I Vampire. Um, the yeah. artist Joe Inf Infernary. That sounds about right. Yes. 
I don't know why I'm saying that's about right. You read it. I just, <laughs> I know. It's we're... definitely right. I just read it from the page. <laughs> um, I don't, oh, and Joshua Fialkov also did like the ultimates and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but did you have anything else that you want to talk about at this time? Or did you want Mara uh, or me to go? Well, I can give you my other recommendation. Okay. Which is The Wolf Among Us. Ooh, which is tell me new. about this game that I don't know about. <laughs> I doubt you don't know about this game. Um, yeah, it's not new, but it's new to me. I finally have gotten a chance to play it, um, and it's really awesome. Did you play just the first chapter, or did you get to play the second chapter, too? No, I've actually, I've not even gotten all the way through the first chapter. Oh, okay. Video games are really tough for me because, you know, it requires focus and two hands doing something. And, and that particular one, you have to, like, pay attention the entire time. Right. Like, a, a, you know, I can't really miss dialogue and things like that. And so when I've got this little monster trying to steal the controller from me while I'm doing it, yeah. um, I kind of have to play it in, like, little increments whenever I can get him out of the room. Um but yeah, it's I, I've been really enjoying it. It's a beautiful game. So it's so loony. Yeah, the colors are the best. Like, well, there's a lot of best parts, but the colors just stood out to me immediately. Right. It's, it's just pretty. It's very it's very noir. Mm-hmm. It's very it's very dark and kind of creepy and you know, well, uh, moody. It's like a prequel to the very first Fables volume. Right. Um, like it's in canon with the story for anyone who doesn't know. Um, and th- this is a a uh, video game from Telltale who just recently got, you know, a ton of praise for their, their, their game, The Walking Dead, which is also obviously based uh, on the comic of the same name. Uh, but not so much based, I guess, as just based in the same world. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Wolf Among Us is the same thing, but in canon to the story. And, you know, the first volume of Fables is very sort of murder mystery noir. And the game... Um, keeps that same sort of tone mm-hmm. um, yeah it's it's really fun because it really kind of sets up the characters for you you start to learn you know some of their stories and some of the kind of sketchy things they all have going on um but i myself i love the i love the sort of like choose your adventure setup of it where you get to you know pick what kind of choices you want to make along the way and the game changes according to that. It reminds me of kind of like playing the Sims, you know, mm-hmm. you just, you have so much control over what's going to happen according but to who you want to be. The The worst part is um, sometimes I don't pay attention to what choice I'm making. <laughs> and in the first chapter I was striving to be really, you know, good and kind and fair to everyone. And I accidentally made a choice that, resulted in smashing a beer bottle in someone's face oh no and I was just I was devastated I was so angry at myself and I just you know it just ruined it for me I mean not ruined the whole game but I was just I sat there and I was like I cannot believe I cannot believe I just did that you beat yourself up over them I did I always like so bad I always play through games like as the good guy first supposing like there's games like infamous um, where you can either be like the good guy or the bad guy and, you know, Mass Effect where you can be like, um, well, more good or more bad, like kind of you know, or badass, I guess, rather. You're still kind of mostly good, I think. Mm-hmm. I've only Cable played as like that, too. Yeah, like y- you you get to it's consequences, like everything, your actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there was a couple times, too, for me where. I there were so many choices and I was like well, I mean there's not really so many choices but 
there's choices and you just don't know which one to do. And I'm like, huh, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And then like, if you, you have like a timer and the timer goes down and I'm just like, and then like it runs out. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, no, but then it's like, you chose to say nothing. Ichabod will remember that. And I'm like, no. And then like, I want to go back and replay it. Cause like, I'm so pissed off, but then, it's just, you know, it'll have already started saving and I would have had to like start the whole game all over again. And it's just like, pause the game and fall to your knees and throw your controller down and mm-hmm. sob for like 30 seconds before picking it up and carrying on. I always feel like the little, you know, so-and-so remember that messages. They, they really get to me. Me yeah. too. <laughs> they make me feel really self-conscious. Like, oh my gosh. I know. Is this a warning? Is this or... remember, like, you're never going to forgive me for that. <laughs> so that means like, that's what it should say. Like, they will never forgive you. <laughs> it'll scar you for life yes um it kind of reminds me of that like i know it's just like a video game but it reminds me of that book by mitch album like the five people you meet in heaven in the sense where like the people sometimes the most unassuming people wind up like haunting you kind of in a way i don't know if you've read that book before but I haven't. It, it he like the, it's the idea of when you die you are walked through your after like your life by five people right and you know there there's five people who are really important according to what you've done with these yeah, people yeah kind of but like they're they're the important people in your life or you were important to them kind of thing but like a couple of the people like he doesn't even know but he had like this profound effect on them and they didn't even and he didn't even know it so it kind of like reminds me of that kind of thing it like it's like oh my god am i permanently destroying this person's life it's a video game so you know obviously i spend a lot of time dwelling on these things that don't really matter (laughs) but there's a there's a scene um have you both played it the wolf among us i haven't yeah yeah i played the first episode not the second yeah i played the first episode there's a there's a scene um you know with the beauty and the beast and you're faced with having to decide whether you're going to tell the beast uh, a secret about beauty sneaking around and I felt ridiculously uncomfortable with that. Like it's it's a video game, but you know, when you're faced with Beast, he comes he comes at you in the elevator and he wants to know like where his wife is. And I'm like, ah, what do I say? Oh god. <laughs> so <laughs> like, many just, emotional conflicts. I, there's no choice for this makes me uncomfortable. Don't ask me that question. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's what Telltale has like, you know, before this, I think their games have been very hit and miss. Like or not before this, but before The Walking Dead at rather their games have been very hit and miss but they've really found their stride in this sort of um it's like a playable movie basically uh and you know it's kind of like watching something like a scanner darkly but with options um it's like choose your adventure yeah exactly uh, books Mm -hmm. so they've, they've really found their stride in making these you know i mean the the gameplay isn't exactly you know, something like Halo or um, Gears of War or something else equally visually awesome. But it's different. It's a different kind of visually interesting to look at and um, kind of engage in because it's the story that matters here and the character interaction and what you're choosing to do with the characters. Um, kind of feels like a moving comic book. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah more than a game so much the interesting thing after you know the walking dead and uh the wolf among us at the end of each round 
um, it'll tell you like your decision versus what everyone else chose to do. Yeah. Like it'll be like you chose to do this, whereas eighty-five percent of everyone else who played chose to do this. Huh. And then you feel really <laughs> bad about your life decisions. You were a jerk. Everybody else was nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you, it's interesting to see what other people also go through when they play the game. Like it's it's kind of cool. Like that you it's I mean, there's leaderboards and stuff in games a lot of the time, but you don't ever really see the breakdown of their decisions that they make. Because, I mean, there's not a lot of games that, you know, have such a complex, like, uh, like you said, Melissa, like, choose your own adventure kind of thing. As much as I love video games, I'm really bad at first-person shooters. <laughs> and, and I have no interest in war games. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when something like this comes comes out that I is puzzles or has a good story and is a little bit different pace. And I'm not like always frantically being attacked by 10 aliens at a time. Then I'm really excited about it because it's something that I can really enjoy. And I to it and like play the whole game and not, yeah, not get frustrated and feel like I'm sucking at it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, Funny, so. funny random story about that. I played, like, the first episode, and, like, during the credits, I was, like, reading them all, because you, you don't really have an option. I don't think you can skip ahead. And there was, like, special thanks. And there was, like, one thing, and I was, like, oh, that person has the same name as me. <laughs> and then it was, like, oh, oh, that's really nice of them. Aw. <laughs> but it took me, like, a little while to put two and two together. This is why I'm not considered necessarily the smart one. <laughs> but, you know, like you do. Do you have anything else to add on about The Wolf Among Us? Nope, it's just awesome and everybody should play it. Yes. I agree. The second uh, episode came out just a couple weeks ago. I think at the beginning of February. Yep. So I haven't played it yet. but There was a lot of chit-chat about it on the forum, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's how I found out the second episode was out well that is a thing you guys should play I should <laughs> also probably play it um, Mara what is the first of your recommendations okay um, I like to watch anime and I have a Crunchyroll subscription and I found out that one of the um, uh, anime of a manga I've been reading recently has been on Crunchyroll and it's called um, Nisekoi, N-I-S-E-K-O-I, -I, False Love. And it is a romantic comedy about this guy who is the son of a Yazuka boss. So he grows up around all these gangsters and fighting and bloodshed, and he wants to rise above it. So he's working really hard in school. He's going to go to college and all that. He just wants to distance himself from that. And when he was a little boy, he had a locket and he gave the key to this girl he knew. And so he's got like this, you know, he's out there searching for this little girl that has the key and she's all grown up as well. Fast forward to present day, which he's a high school student and um, a gang from America moves into this other gang's region. And there's a lot of battle, a lot of wars going on, you know, just mayhem. And so his dad and the boss leader from the other 
gang decide to have their kids be in a fake relationship so that the gangs will calm down. It's like reverse Romeo and Juliet. And it's hilarious because he hates this girl so much that they have to pretend like they're in love. And it's, it's painful watching them try to act like they're in love. But at the same time, you feel really bad for them because they just, they don't want it. And this guy, he's got a crush on the girl in school and he's trying to find the, the girl that has the key to his locket. It's really good. There's six episodes of it on Crunchyroll so far. And it's currently being published as manga in Shonen Jump right now. So it's, it's ongoing, it's pretty recent. And I really like it. I'm a sucker for romantic comedies. So Nice. I think I, I got Crunchyroll on my uh, Roku thingy, Mababer, but I have I've, the only thing I've watched on it so far is like parts of Attack on Titan. Yes, so good. Yeah, that thing uh, is like gutting my soul. It's oh, I love. It. I'm actually wearing a Sailor Moon slash Attack on Titan T-shirt. It's like a crossover shirt. Oh, nice! Is it from like T Fury or something? Uh, I got it on Redbubble. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was on T-Fury at some point. Gotcha. So one more time for anyone who might be interested in checking out the show. What was it called again? Uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Well, whatever. You can't do worse than me pronouncing things. Yeah. So. N-I-S-E-K-O-I. And it's just adorable. It's kind of, it kind of reminds me of like a harem manga. And that there's one guy and a couple girls that are interested slash he's interested in. It's like you don't know who's going to end up with, but you kind of like all the girls. <laughs> like a a love hexagon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so is yeah. Crunchyroll like uh, like a Netflix for anime? Yeah, it's actually more like a Hulu for anime. Um, okay. It's a free account, so you just go on and you can watch the shows. Um, but if you pay for it, it's like six or seven dollars a month then they take off all the commercials and you get same day release. So anytime something's released in Japan, the same day it's released on Crunchyroll. Nice. So yeah, it's cool. great. I, I, you know, I was fine with the, the free part of it until I was watching free over the summer. And I got so obsessed with that show that I was like, I want it the minute it comes out. I, I paid for the subscription and then I would sit and watch the clock just go down until it's time to watch the show nice yeah i i really want to get like watch more on crunchyroll like it it's just like i always wind up trying to multitask like work and watching something on netflix and it's so hard to watch like anime because of the subtitles yeah. and work at the same time so i always have yeah. to like actually find time to devote to uh like finishing attack on titan for instance um but i i'm that's yeah, that's what's been keeping me from finishing all of Sailor Moon because I have um, access to the Japanese episodes, but I have to sit down and watch it. And if I'm not watching that show, it gets so spazzy, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's hard because, I mean, it, if you don't look for, like, a second, all of a sudden something's happened and you don't know what. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Damn subtitles. Uh, we, need, have... we need babble fishes. My anime experience is pathetically slim. Oh, like okay. I think I've watched maybe one anime cool. ever. Which one? Which one? I think is there something called Vampire D? Yeah, Hun yes. Vampire, Vampire Hunter. Some something Vampire, Vampire Hunter. Hunter. 
Is it Vampire Hunter? Is that it? I it's got like... a D in it for sure. Yeah. I watched it like way back, probably ten years ago. And it it was some it was vampire or something or other. I used to be obsessed with like I know that's not a lot of information to go on. <laughs> no, it's Vampire Hunter D. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Internet. That is a thing. So I remembered half of the title. <laughs> no, that's close enough. Half. Yes. We knew what you were talking about. We didn't have to play the process of elimination game. <laughs> oh, good. It's all good. Yeah. Sorry, there was no point to sharing that. I just wanted to say, yeah. I no, it's fine. About anime. <laughs> but that's why Mars here. She's going to edumacate us. She's edumacating. <laughs> or try. She's um, going to try. Yes. <laughs> I also um, finished a book recently uh, called Daughter of Smoke and Bone by Lainey Taylor. And it's a YA novel and it's kind of a paranormal fantasy romance. Um, but I have, I've not read a YA book with such beautiful writing. Like it, it was written for a teenage audience, but it was written in a way to show them like great sentence structure and how to paint a picture and, you know, the use of plot devices. I loved it a lot. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, that's, I, I don't want to like go too much into the plot because beyond just the first few chapters of it it starts to get a little spoilery but it's basically about a teenage girl who goes to art school in Prague and she lives with a bunch of chimeras okay chimeros chimera uh well I've heard it pronounced chimera 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 whatever basically those creatures that are like part eagle part lion part giraffe you know like blend a bunch of animals that's very different than camaros (laughs) yes camaro camara okay Uh, it's it's got like that part of the fantasy mix into it okay and i have one last recommendation um shiro cosmetics they are a um geeky makeup company um they currently have um Colors for Game of Thrones and The Hobbit, Legend of Zelda, Full Metal Alchemist, Death Note, uh, Pokemon. Um, oh, what's the other thing? Hunger Games. But all these colors are inspired by those particular geeky things. And I ordered some this week, and I had some like custom blended lip gloss from. Uh, it was like Destiny's Princess color from Legend of Zelda. And I'm wearing it right now, and it's beautiful and awesome. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those, you know, like, girl goes out and makes her own makeup and sells it. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, shirocosmetics.com. And how is it? It's the beginning, like, what's the spelling Uh, of it? It's spelled (laughs) S-H-I-R-O cosmetics. Okay. So just like it sounds. Yes. I was just making sure there was no tricks. No tricks. No tricksy hobbits. <laughs> oh, I'm so weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, I saw you. I think I saw you post something on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. I it's wasn't a, imagining it. Yeah. Um, I ordered some colors from the Legend of Zelda collection. And they sent me some from, some samples from the other ones as well. Nice. It's, it's adorable. And right now they have a line of Nick Cage lip gloss. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I was looking at it, and apparently it's to celebrate his 50th birthday. 
and all the lip glosses are him at different time periods. Um, One is called Nick Cage Churning Butter, One Crisp Thanksgiving Morn. And it's Nick Cage in like a pilgrim outfit. And uh, there's one Nick Cage doing the Charleston in a bustling speakeasy. And it's just all these, you know, pictures of Nick Cage in various weird poses, doing weird things. That's amazing. Yeah, it's funny. I just recently caught up on like Community, not the newest season that's just aired, but like the last one, that episode with Abed where he's in like his film class and they're studying Nicolas Cage and Abed has like this meltdown because he can't decide if Nick Cage is a good actor or a bad actor. Like, he's like, is he a bad actor or is he a good actor just pretending to be a bad actor? I don't know. Amazing. I, I fall on the side where I do not like Nicolas Cage, but these lip glosses are hilarious. I don't really like him, but I do like making fun of him. And I do like watching movies that he's in because they're so easy to make fun of. Yes. So is he a bad actor pretending to be a good actor? We never will oh, yeah. pretending to be a bad I one. think that is a secret that will go to Nick Cage's grave. That is where it belongs. <laughs> All I know is that scene like where from the Wicker Man where he just is dressed up as a bear and punches a girl. <laughs> like he just walks up while in a bear suit and punches her. And I know that sounds really terrible to be think it's like the funniest thing in the world, but that gif is like on my computer and I watch it like once a day because it's just <laughs> the most random thing in the entirety of the world. It's a pretty good moment. Oh, Nick Cage. <laughs> um, Mara, this cosmetics company, I'm looking at them right now, and I think it's really important to note here that they also send free candy with every order. Yes, Ooh. they sent me some uh, gobstoppers and Dove chocolate. Just kind of <sighs> awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. When I, I free candy with my makeup. Oh, when I used to be a toy buyer for this store I worked at, um, in every shipment that I got, like I'd order a bunch of things, and in every shipment they would have like candy in there, and I was like, "This is my favorite distribution company of all time," <laughs> bribing me with sweets. Um, but yeah. Candy. Um, did you have anything else to add in, Mara? I I'm finished. Okay. Well, I think that again leaves me, Stephanie, this person over here, Canada. Um. So I have a couple things I want to talk about. I'm so weird right now. I'm sorry, everyone. But um, the first thing I'm going to mention is the TV series Arrow. Um, so you guys are probably familiar with Arrow. It's been talked about a lot because, you know, it's a comic book TV show that's been doing well and the CW does it. Um, but I started watching it a while ago and I just really couldn't get into it. I don't know what it was, but like I can marathon pretty much any TV show and I would try and watch Arrow and I was just like forcing myself to watch it and... It just, like, couldn't get into it. But everyone kept saying, once you get past this episode, it gets, like, really good. Just stick with it. But I don't know if I ever got to that episode. Um, but when I was in New York, I got a copy of, for, for Comic-Con, rather, uh, I got a copy of the Blu-ray um, uh, of season one. And I decided, finally, uh, this week, to pick it up again and start watching. And... Uh, I don't know what it is, like what transition, maybe it was I finally got to that episode um, that someone had mentioned, but I've been watching it all week and I've been trying to find time for it. Like every second I get, I'm like, oh, breakfast time. Let's watch some Arrow. 
realistically, it's going to take me five minutes to eat my breakfast and 45 minutes to watch this episode. So, I mean, I couldn't watch something else or just not watch anything at all, but I need to eat my breakfast, so <laughs> there needs to be TV on, obviously. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've i just really gotten into it. Like, I really like Stephen Amell as, like, the Green Arrow, and I've always thought he was a good choice. Like, he just has that Ollie look to him. Um, and, I mean, I'm not really, really, really well-versed on Green Arrow stuff, but, um, you know, I, I've read a bit, and I'm really familiar with him and Black Canary. Like, I think they're such an amazing um, superhero couple. And so I, I've always loved the characters and so I felt like this would be something that I would really want to get into and finally I feel like I am um the acting I mean it's the CW so some of the acting is just like ridiculous like ridiculous (laughs) and like the dialogue and I think that's what makes it hard for me to get into is just like you know it's it's borderline you know that hokey kind of CSI stuff where they'll make there's like a crime scene and just like the worst pun ever that goes along with you know Grissom he's like saying something which of course I can't think of anything witty to say looks like he really nailed it the guy's got like he's been death by nails you know (laughs) um but it's the casting is really good for the most part which is why I keep on trying to get I've been trying to get back into it like um, Huntress, I thought was just spot on. She's a badass. And, um, let's see, who else? Who else is in the Green Arrow show that I've been watching all week? I don't know. There's people. There's people one in thing, it. One thing, um, now I haven't sat down to watch Arrow yet. My husband likes it. Okay. But, uh, you know, in all those DC comic books, like on the back cover or somewhere on the inside, they have a picture of a shirtless man. Mm-hmm. nothing else just says arrow shirtless man the time it starts and i'm always wondering who the target audience is because some of those dc books are not like particularly written for women or by women or with women in mind but there's always and a shirtless always man that. but there's always a shirtless man <laughs> I'm like, what character this is supposed to be how are you trying how is that I wish their marketing was different. Yeah. I mean, he, that's because... the that's the cover of the season one DVD, too. Like, he's shirtless. And I'm kind of just like, wouldn't it make sense to just put the shirt on and have him wearing the hood? Yeah. Or even, so like, know an action he's... pose. Yeah. Like, I would love to see action poses. But it's just, it's always a shirtless man. And it's not even always the same one. It's a different one. And just, it really bothers me. Really bothers me. There's just a lot of shirtless people in this show. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm it's the CW. It's the CW. I just they did it differently. Pardon? I just watched the first two episodes of that actually this week of Arrow. And what do you think? Um, I can't get into it. See, <laughs> that was like my problem. Like, I'm very yeah. It's it feels very like a little too. And no offense to fans of the show, but it feels a little too like Gilmore Girls to me. Like very soft yeah and i just like if i see a show about superheroes or especially a guy that shoots people with you know like super spot-on arrows and he's supposed to be kind of really bad i mean badass not bad but i just i want it to be a little rough around the edges you know 
And it's just like every female that he encounters is perfect and gorgeous. And it's, you know, everybody's just rich and wonderful. And it just, yeah. And you're right. The dialogue is, is, is pretty cheesy. It's so really, far. it's cheese ball. And it's like, cheesy. that was totally my problem with it. Like I was just not enjoying it. And it, it does get better though. Like um, there's a character that gets introduced a bit later on uh, named Felicity and she's, this really smart uh, hacker tech girl that works for um, the Queen Corporation thing, Consolidated, Queen Consolidated, the company. Whatever. Anyways, people who watch it, you'll know who I'm talking about. But, like, when she gets introduced and kind of starts getting a bigger role, I find the show more tolerable. Because, like, before uh, Green Arrow, uh, he kind of just does what he wants and, you know, there's no one really to question him. And there is another person that kind of starts helping him out but still doesn't really question him that much like it's like kind of this unconditional loyalty and when this girl gets introduced she kind of starts being like uh about no and like i don't know she's just a really fun addition to the show and even though she kind of falls under that you know flawless gorgeous person um that they've just happened to put glasses on to make her look smart. I, I still really enjoy her as a character and her dialogue is also mostly cheesy, but I, I still enjoy her. I think a lot of fans enjoy the Easter eggs that get put in the show. Um, mm. There's a lot of little tidbits that get thrown in for like, you know, hardcore fans. Like there's this picture um, and Laurel Lance um, is Ollie's love interest. And for those of you who read comics, Dinah Lance is Black Canary, but Laurel Lance is not Black Canary. Um, she's just kind of this really aggravating attorney that, you know, is in the show. And she gets better. But, you know, the, there's like these things where she's looking at a photo of her sister and she's like, why does your sister have a canary? Her, oh, her dad bought her that canary. She loved it. And then I'm like, oh, look at that. Lamps, canaries. Wow. <laughs> Such Easter egg. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. There's little things in there. And I mean, it's still getting better. It's not a great show to me. Like, I'm still not like everyone keeps telling me the second season is just like, whoa. So I'm trying to get there. And the second season again, or the first season has gone better, but I do know exactly what you mean. Like I, I had no desire to watch the rest of the show after initially seeing the first couple of episodes. So I kind of put it on as a, a background thing, you know, when I'm here just doing mom stuff and the baby's kind of going crazy. I just put it on as background thing. Cause I thought, you know, It'd be something that I could see out of the corner of my eye and not really have to pay attention to, but mm. I still wanted to check it out. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I can't say, I, I say I'm not into it, but then I also sat down and watched two episodes. So, <laughs> you know, there's something that's drawing me to watch it. I'm not sure what it is yet. Shirtless um, men. <laughs> there have <laughs> not be been it. that many shirtless men in the first two episodes. I don't think. You just, um, you wait. Yeah, I am kind, of, kind of questioning his sketchy best friend, though. Oh, you know? no. I, I'm not I dislike spoilers him. here, but that guy, I don't trust him. He's got 
skeevy eyes. Yeah, he does. But I, I don't worry. I won't say anything. Um, but my my second. But I also felt the same way about a different TV show that I watched recently, and now I really like it. So. Oh, what TV show? A uh, Helix. Oh, I watched the first two episodes of that. Well, the first episode, which was two episodes, but it's pretty cheesy. I did not like it. I was like, the acting is so bad. The the dialogue is pretty cheesy, and the acting is is che- it's no alien. It is no alien. <laughs> but it does get better. But it gets better. I think I think just on the merits of uh, it's got some really cool, interesting like sci-fi effects going on, and you know it gets a lot darker and a lot scarier. All right. I will so, maybe check out a couple more episodes then. Yeah, I think we're on like the th- third episode, I want to say. And, you know, it's still cheesy and the dialogue is still pretty terrible. But you can look past that because there's really cool things going on. Okay. I will definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, And we're running like a bit long. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Holy- no, 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 not you. I just like was looking at the time and was like, oh, my gosh. We're just chatty. I know excitement um but quickly my last recommendation um is a book i read last week and i was going to bring it up on the talking comics show but um we were a little pressed for time then as well and i just talked about comics so i'm going to talk about it here and that book is uh the shining girls by lauren bucus um so for those of you who read uh fable stuff uh lauren bucus did the Hidden Kingdom arc of Fairest, which was the Rapunzel story. Um, so, see, I'm trying to back into geeky things, comics. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's a phenomenal writer. Uh, she has a few books out. Uh, I believe Zoo City is one of them. And I cannot currently think of the other one. But Shining Girls came out um, in the summer and it made a ton of like must read lists. And I know like Stephen King and Joe Hill were singing its praises because it's this. Um, dark comic about a time-traveling serial killer. Um, but it it's so weird. It's it's kind of like a thriller, borderline kind of like horror, uh, the time traveler's wife, in the sense that it's so, like, the time traveler's wife is so grounded in um, the drama of like the relationship and the people and the characters that you don't like the time travel doesn't seem weird. Like it all seems just like normal, like time travel is a thing and you don't really question it. Um, and it, the same thing goes for the shining girls. Like it, the time travel just comes so naturally to the story. Cause she's done such a good job of building up the characters and the settings that you just don't really you're not like, well, how does he time travel? That doesn't make sense. Like, you just don't question it because it goes so well with the rest of what's going on. Um, but basically, the gist of the story is this serial killer stumbles onto um, this house that gives him the ability to travel um, back and forth through time. But he can only time travel between certain years. Um and the house, like, kind of, you don't know if it's, like, you don't really know what's up, but the house is kind of compelling him to kill these girls. And he calls them his shining girls. Um, and they have a light to them, you know, and that light is like some sort of, you know, extraordinary t- 
talent in something, you know, they're, they've, they've got, um, a drive to do something more in their lives, uh, whether it be art or, you know, just, uh, a passion for a specific career or whatever, uh, they have a light that he is drawn to, uh, and he, he stalks them through time. You know, he, like, finds them when they're little kids, and he doesn't, like, kill, like, well, I, I'm getting into spoilery stuff, but, like, anyways, like, he, he it's so creepy, because, like, it's this thing where, like, in this story, none of these girls are really safe, like, ever, and it, it's just weird that, you know, like, you have, your skin crawls, because she just writes it so well, and you just feel, like, the eyes like watching you, like you feel like the characters, you know, you're in their shoes. And there was this one chapter, the main character, the main, um, uh, there's a, the one that got away kind of thing. Um, and you know, she's trying to find justice, but how do you, like, you know, in a world that's, that doesn't have time travel, how do you find somebody who doesn't exist in your time? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, she's trying to make peace with what's happened to her and you know the best way for her to find closure is to find the killer but she just it's just a lot harder than it seems and um it's there's this one chapter where you know they're going over her attempted murder and i was on an airplane um and i had to skip the whole chapter it was so like incredibly well written that I could like see the whole thing playing out in my head and it made me nauseous. Oh wow. I had to skip the whole chapter and then like I I'd only read like a couple pages and I was just like, "Oh my god, I feel so sick." And I had to like get the flight attendant to come bring me like a big glass of ginger ale to settle my stomach. That's crazy. So, uh, sounds like the perfect book to read when you've moved into your first apartment by yourself. Yeah. yeah. Stephanie. <laughs> I know. And I just read it, right? And um my best friend lives upstairs, but she had gone to house it for the weekend. So I got home after reading the book and no one was here. <laughs> so I was, I had to watch something nice before bed. <laughs> I want to, I want to throw this out there. I haven't read the book. I, I read the, the fairest arc that she did, but I think she had made a list, uh, a playlist to read with the book or to listen as you read the book. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember where she said it, but as soon as I saw it, I went and made a Spotify playlist from what she suggested. Oh, that's crazy. So, I'll have to look for that. Yeah. If you're friends with me on Spotify or whatever, um, I, the playlist is called The Shining Girls. Ah, okay. Noted. That's really cool. Um, the book is just fantastic, though. It's creepy as heck i can see why stephen king and joe hill would have liked it a lot <laughs> um but yeah so that's my recommendations again that's the shining girls by uh lauren bucus um and also the tv show arrow and do you guys want to repeat your recommendations as well just the titles uh mine was a wolf among us the video game and the bunker comic book and mine were nisekoi the anime and manga series, Daughter of Smoke and Bone by Lainey Taylor, and Shiro Cosmetics. Awesome. 
I know we ran a bit long here, but thanks for, uh, you know, sticking with us. We're going to take a very quick break and we'll be right back with um, our bread and butter of the show, which is our topic. Um, so stay tuned. <laughs> Manamana. 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 Talking Comics, the second half of the show is going to be uh, devoted to a topic, um, but, you know, we're, we're kind of going to try out a thing where we're discussing a book or a character or a creator um, that one of us decides in an effort to kind of broaden each of our horizons, um, you know, in the future. Uh, but for this first one, we did a group kind of thing to talk about what we should begin with. And uh, given that the new Charles Soule uh, She-Hulk book came out, we all decided that She-Hulk would be a great place to start. Um, so what we're doing this week is talking about the character. We all read um, some She-Hulk stuff, uh, either like today, this week, or in the past. And we're going to talk about it a little bit. Um, so First things first, if you're not familiar with She-Hulk as a character, um, She-Hulk is Jennifer Walters. She's a Marvel character who was created by Stan Lee and John Buscema. Um, so she's been around since 1980, and she is the cousin to Bruce Banner, 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 <laughs> who you would probably better know as the Hulk. <laughs> um, so her origin is she received an emergency blood transfusion from him um, when, you know, she needed one. So obviously she was hurt and stuff. 
And um, as such, she require, requires, she winds up with a weaker version of the Hulk condition, but that does not necessarily make her weaker. Um, she's a, you know, a lawyer by day. She can also be She-Hulk by day, too, I suppose. Whatever. Anyways, she's also a lawyer. Jennifer Walters is a lawyer. A really, really good one. And she's also She-Hulk. So um, she, she, unlike Bruce Banner, when he turns into the Hulk, who doesn't really have any control over the Hulk, she kind of retains um, like little bits of her personality. And she can go back and forth between She-Hulk for the most part. Uh so that's a little different than her, you know, Hulk raging cousin. Yes. So anyways, enough rambling about her origin. If you want to know more, um, our good friend Bob Ryer has written up an extensive history of She-Hulk over on the website, which you can go check out and, you know, talk to Bob about because he loves talking about She-Hulk and other comic things in case you don't know that um anyways so as i mentioned we all read some she-hulk stuff today and i just wanted to start it off by uh bringing up the she-hulk number one that came out on wednesday again by charles soul and the art is javier polito yes polito um so i i forgot to ask melissa if she had read this issue i did yay okay so this was where I started, actually. Ah, okay. Well, let's. I, I just wanted to get kind of our thoughts on that first, and kind of kick things off since this book was kind of a big deal. Um, you know, coming off the heels of, you know, the other big lady solo book, Miss uh, <laughs> Marvel, which obviously no one's heard of because that wasn't a big deal. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so She-Hulk number one, thoughts, Mara, go. I loved it. I'm also um, a She-Hulk fan, so I've been kind of waiting for this for a long time. And as soon as I heard it was coming out, both my husband and I freaked out. Um, I feel like this book is off to a good start. Um, She-Hulk has always had that sense of humor to her. She doesn't take herself too seriously. She's kind of a, a party girl, um, down and dirty, really good at talking her way out of everything and anything. And I think... Uh, Soul really did a good job reflecting that part of her personality. I I loved it. I'm excited to keep reading it, and I'll probably also buy it in trades. Nice. And Melissa? Um. Well, I have absolutely no experience with She-Hulk. Um, as you know, anybody who's read my reviews probably knows I don't really do many superhero stories at all. Um, so this is a very new area for me, but as a child, I was really, really crazy about the Hulk TV show. Um, I actually had this really silly Hulk t-shirt that I wore for like 10 years or something. And my mom <laughs> stole it from me and threw it away <laughs> because it was so small and old and dirty. But I really loved the Hulk. Um, so, yeah, I was totally into checking this out. Um, I think that I started off with this with this one, um, the most recent She-Hulk, number one. And I enjoyed it. Um, in some aspects, I like the, I like the uh, sense of humor as Mara mentioned in it. Um, but I kind of, um, let's see who's Suzanne did a review of it for talking comics. And there was one little 
complaint that she had about it was that the book was um, had really heavy dialogue. And I kind of agreed with that. There were times that the dialogue seemed to be kind of taking up the two thirds of the panels <laughs> and the art was kind of squished out. And that's just something really different for me. You know, like if it's not a with a with a light story like this, that's supposed to be kind of humorous and casual. I wouldn't expect so, so much heavy dialogue in it. I think the the legal chat got a little yeah. bit long winded mm-hmm. at times. Well, he he is a lawyer, so he's right. bringing that perspective to it. So I I can see, yeah, it is a little dialogue heavy. Like Charles Soule is actually a lawyer. Like, yes. Oh, I did not know that. At least that's what I've heard over and over again from multiple people. Well, I believe that's, you. I just the jargon was that. very technical. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. I'm not a lawyer, but reading it, you're kind of like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, talk to me like I'm a third grader and don't understand yeah. lawyer jumbo mumbo right. mumbo jumbo. <laughs> so overall i enjoyed it but there were probably you know definitely aspects of, i honestly i probably wouldn't read more of this particular one just because it didn't grab me that much that's fair for me like i really enjoyed the story and i, I would agree with you it has moments when the dialogue is just like well okay i don't know what's really happening but i believe that smart things are happening because there are <laughs> big words that were clearly that are clearly in the dictionary. They are things that are in the dictionary. Um, but, you know, like most words. Um, <laughs> the thing that really kind of took me away from the actual story, though, was the art. Like, I, I, I'm all for new art styles uh, being tried out in, you know, these new books. Like, uh, Adrian Alfana is kind of, you know, I mean, he did Runaways and stuff, but his art's still not necessarily like your typical superhero comic art. And same with uh, Felipe Andre, who did uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Allred is obviously not uh, a normal sort of superhero artist either. And uh, Javier Polito's art kind of just reminded me of like knockoff Mike Allred art. Like, uh, I don't know what it was. Like, I just couldn't get into the style the colors i thought were great like they just really worked for me i liked the bright palette and it just seemed really spot on for a she-hulk book but for me the art just kind of fell flat i did not like the style at all like her eyes you know they were just looking in different places all at the same time (laughs) like i don't know i'm sure people love it it's going to be one of those styles where you either love it or hate it. And I don't hate it, but I definitely don't love it. And It is different. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know if in the long run it'll drive me away from the story. Because, um, like, I just, I feel like I don't pick up on, like, the emotions. Like, there isn't a lot being conveyed to me. Um, in in the images other than the bare bones. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I mean, I, I didn't mind the artwork. I thought it was kind of poppy and fun. Um, and I, I really like the colors as well. I thought they fit her, especially since she's, you know, big and green and mm-hmm. the, the backgrounds that kind of emphasize her greenness. Mm-hmm. Excellent. But I don't, I don't think the artwork would, would drive me away from this particular story. I just find like art brings me like it helps me 
feel what the characters are feeling when you have an artist that really knows how to convey what's going on with a character, if that makes mm -hmm. any sense. And I just didn't feel that connection with the art. Like it just didn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Melissa, did you like the art? Um, I'm actually, I'm trying to find my copy of it right now where I read it because you, as soon as you mentioned the art, I, I remember thinking something that there was something off about the art for me, but I currently have the rest of She-Hulk open. I was reading <laughs> after that. So I'm trying to pull it back up so that I can remind myself of what it was that bothered me with the art. But I feel like it was, there was something weird about her eyes too. Yeah. They're just like, oh, okay. Wonky yeah. 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 Eyes. She, well, she's got, yeah, she's got weird, like. Yeah, she's got a really strange facial features. Um, reading the older um, She-Hulk books now, this She-Hulk in this particular one here is not very attractive. No. Well, she's got these kind of weird, like droopy eye thing going on and, and really strange features. We can kind <laughs> of bring like the other stuff into it in a second. But yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I liked the book and I want to definitely keep trying to read it i mean that cover art by kevin uh wada wada waita kevin waita mm -hmm. so awesome i love the cover oh it is badass i was kind of hoping the art inside would look like the cover but that's yeah. not usually the case <laughs> well i mean i don't really think he's much of a interior artist but right. i do love his covers um it is it is a very drastic difference though you would think that even if like they don't do you know the same cover artist as interior artists that they would be similar ish so it's not just such a shock to the system to be like oh look at this Wah! like uh, you go from like highly like really artistic really sophisticated yeah to kind of just like keith or not keith Her keith herring keith herring Herring? Matt Herring? No, I'm thinking of weird things. Yeah, uh, interior art reminds me of like like the uh, like actual newspaper. What do you call those? You know, like the old funnies. Yeah, like like funnies illustration. Very simple, very like square, blocky little panels everywhere. You know, everything's very neatly contained and clean. Well, you, this was like your first experience with She-Hulk, so you also went back and read. Some other She-Hulk stuff. So how did it compare for you? You kind of started saying that. Um... Oh, I'm not ready. Oh, no. Do you want... <laughs> we can we can come back to you. No, yeah. No, I'm, I want to open it back up now. <laughs> okay. Well, we can... Um, no, I started reading... Let's see. Where's this? Uh, the series that um, Mara actually recommended to me to start with. Um, one second. I'm just pulling it back up again. Was it the yeah. Dan slot? Yes. Yeah. Um, and these ones I really like. I'm on uh, I'm on issue four, uh, and nice. I really like these, and I I enjoy the art a lot more. They're so funny. Yeah. I I really liked them. Like I read up to issue uh, seven or eight, seven or eight, as well today. We're last-minute homework people. <laughs> I am. Crunch time. I'm somewhere in, like, I did the first, well, from 2004. I'm somewhere in 2005 with it. 
So I'm, I'm like um, 15 issues in okay. to Dan Slott series. And I, I, I mean, you can't read this series and not love She-Hulk. No, but, I agree. Uh, what, what's most compelling about her character and that interpretation, at least, is that she's fully aware of herself as She-Hulk and as Jennifer Walters. It, to me, it comes across that, you know, it's just kind of like becoming She-Hulk is almost like becoming your ideal self mm-hmm. and acting that way. And from the beginning of this series, we see, you know, very meek, timid Jennifer Walters. She suddenly gets this power and she's just this bombastic, green um, fighting machine and she lives it up. Like, I mean, who wouldn't? If you're a seven foot tall um, superhero with, you know, the Avengers and Fantastic Four, I don't blame her for going out partying every night and hooking up with models. <laughs> Sexy <laughs> I, I underwear models. Yes, who are kind of afraid of her. <laughs> Mika. Um, because you don't see that very often in your superheroes. Or at least I was actually going to ask that. I was going to ask you that. Uh, uh, because I don't really read a lot of superhero stuff, but it, so I wasn't familiar with it. But I don't. I don't want to jump to conclusions. But right. from the artwork that I've seen in a lot of superhero stuff, um, it doesn't strike me as something normal that the uh, the main female character is so kind of confident and strong, and very sure of herself. You know, right? And um, she takes advantage of the people around her instead of the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> she. You don't want to be like really good friends with her I mean you want to be friends with her but you don't want to be the person she calls for everything because she she will do that she will take advantage she takes of advantage you. of everybody she takes yes. advantage of Tony Stark you know <laughs> so I, I think it's a great example of a strong female character who's got her own insecurities she's got this really cool power she's also kind of a jerk but she means well mm-hmm. and she's got some killer biceps yeah but it's I've also never, I've never seen muscles like that on a female <laughs> character in a comic book. She's also like I don't know, she just she does get into a lot of trouble and she does have like her heart is in the right place, I think, a lot of the time. But it's also like really nice to see, you know, like she's not your stereotypical bimbo model and yet, you know, she still gets the guys. Mm-hmm. She she gets the guys because she's sexy and she's confident and she's strong and she doesn't care what you think. Right. And like, it's such a nice, she's such a great role model for young women. I want to, on that note, I want to bring up, I cannot remember where I read this. So this is an original thought. This is something from the internet. Um, <laughs> it was, it was some sort of quote about, you know, women are taught over and over again to take up as little space as possible and what I mean by that it's like eat less food uh, Mm -hmm. be skinnier be thinner whereas this person is saying the quote was challenging women to take up as much space as possible own the amount of space you occupy I've seen that uh, quote before you yeah you know what I'm talking about yeah and I think Jennifer really does that when she's in her she-hulk persona Um, and she really feels empty when she goes back to her human form mm-hmm. it's it's that because she has all this space that she's taking up because she's seven foot tall and she you can't ignore her suddenly her personality becomes more demanding of other people and when she's in her you know regular human form she hates being that small she hates being that powerless I think it's something that you don't see that very often in women 
you know, you don't see this desire to be bigger and stronger and more noticeable is the other way around. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, sometime like early on in the series that uh, it was either Janet or Wanda were, were saying that we've never heard a woman complain about going down to a size four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were trying to dress her up for her first uh, big day at work. Yes. Well, this is, I think this is also a great series um, for somebody to jump into who's not normally into superhero stories like I am, because the first, I mean, the first three issues that I read were really just based around her own kind of, um, her own little kind of battle with her insecurities and being the person that she was before she had the superhero powers. It wasn't, it's not focused on the battles and, you know, the powers and the crazy big things that superheroes do. It was all about who and who she, who she is and, you know, what she feels like when she, she whole compared to what she feels like when she's just Jennifer Walters. And this, it's really endearing, you know, to watch her kind of go through that little struggle of like being okay with herself in both forms and respecting mm -hmm. the, respecting the strength that she has in both forms instead of just, you know, kind of, uh, She-Hulk being a, a defense mechanism and a safe place for her. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, for me, it kind of uh, clicked with me, you know, Jennifer Walters trying to turn into She-Hulk. Like, a lot of anxious people, like, if you have to go to parties and stuff, um, I feel like me, I'm, I'm speaking about me, you know, alcohol can kind of be like a crutch to kind of help you loosen up and, like, just, you know just relax and be able to kind of mingle with people without having, you know, without fidgeting and wringing your hands together and stuff. And um, for me, it kind of seemed like the same sort of thing. Like Jennifer Walters was using She-Hulk as a way to be, you know, to get rid of her anxieties. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, even though it's not quite the same thing, you know, there, there's still relatability in relatability. Is that a word? yes anyway i know i was like it just doesn't sound right but anyways there's just still you know it's relatable in the sense that we can find ourselves in these characters in these superheroes even though we don't have superpowers right mm -hmm. i and i like dan slot's story was so interesting to me like i think before the she-hulk number one in this my only experience with she-hulk really was in um, that romance novel that came out, The She-Hulk Diaries. So, you know. Uh, I do want to point out something about the Dan Slott run. Um, yeah. As it goes on, you see more and more of her insecurities related to She-Hulk. And there are, you know, she's got a lot of, um, there's been a time or two where um, the savagery behind the Hulk change does get the better, best of her. Where she goes on a rampage, destroys an entire town. Uh, in Avengers Assembled, she dissembles Vision, like tears Vision, the robot android husband thing of Wanda, in half, like kills him. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of fear of that happening. And at one point, they bring up that. Um, Reed Richards had told her that she wouldn't be able to shift back into Jennifer Walters. Turns out she can. Um, another time there's this, they, she was told that she couldn't shift back into She-Hulk and, you know, they don't know why. And, you know, that's kind of one of those anxiety, psychosomatic stuff going on where there's no 
reason for it medically. There's no reason for it physically. It's all a block in her head. And I, I think that's important to point out that, you know, with this great thing that's happened to her being coming to She-Hulk, there's a lot of baggage with it. And it's, it's not an easy ride. You can't stay in the She-Hulk form forever. You can't stay as Jennifer Walters and ignore it. You have to figure out how to integrate the two into one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to add this, like kind of tying it back to the Charles Soule book for a second. But, um, you know, after I read several issues of the Dan Slott one, um, the Charles Soule book kind of felt like a bit weird to me. Um, and even after I had read like the She-Hulk diaries too, you know, like there's a lot of Jennifer Walters in the Dan Slott series and in the She-Hulk diaries, but I'm sure she'll be in the new series as well, but it just seemed weird that it was all She-Hulk and no Jennifer Walters to me. Like, I feel like she'll come up soon. Um, they, they can't ignore her. I mean, no. she's, everyone knows who she is basically. But I mean, uh, I, I, I kind of half expected the book to, you know, like her law stuff or her like cases would be mm-hmm. Jennifer Walters. And then there would be her, you know, other life as yeah. She-Hulk. And it was kind of a, like when you're looking back at it now, it's kind of weird that he chose to integrate uh, both of those worlds for her into one, the one character. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a I... little bit of an unfair um, comparison because you know you do only have one book mm-hmm. on the new in the new series, and then you've got a whole set of issues in the dance lot series so you know there's a lot less time to establish who this character is going to be and to be fair to the charles soul series like just uh um you know like the first couple issues of uh dance lots she hulk actually has her as you know she hulk as a lawyer so Mm -hmm. i suppose i like she hulk as a lawyer (laughs) sassy she hulk (laughs) she'd be pretty intimidating it's so funny because you know when you hear hulk you think you know incompetent kind of just blundering around but she hulk she's she's badass you know i i love the fact that she's got a hold of this this power and that with the hulk you almost see like two completely distinct personalities with she hulk you see just a manifestation of um who jennifer wants to be and how she uses she hulk to become that i i read a little bit of that she hulk diaries book i got like four chapters into it and I was so sad, at least in the beginning part of this book, that Jennifer Walters did not fully embrace her She-Hulk self and that they made it seem like it was two personalities living on one body. I, I upset me. I liked it. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil the book for you, but like um, that was really my first introduction to She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what her, uh, you know, sort of relationship with She-Hulk was as Jennifer Walters and as the book carries on uh, I mean that's a lot of what she's trying to discover like how to mm-hmm. find that balance okay um so for anyone who's listening reading? yeah I okay. mean it's the the She-Hulk book um is kind of like Bridget Jones's diary it's a bit Bridget Jones's diary but for a comic book character so it's a bit silly um <laughs> And it's definitely like geared towards women, like it's a romance novel, but it's a fun romance novel. I I really enjoyed it not knowing anything else about the character. So I don't know if like I if I 
continue reading She-Hulk and I would go back, if I went back to read it now, I don't know if I would still have the same kind of feelings towards it. But at the time when I read it, I didn't have that kind of knowledge of her. And I thought it was fun because, you know, you felt like you could feel her pain. Like in the Dan Slott series, uh, She-Hulk gets kicked out of the Avengers mansion and she loses her job and... <laughs> Just all this stuff happens to her all at once. And, you know, it's just everyone can relate to that. You know, shit just comes in heaps. Um, <laughs> it And the She-Hulk Diaries touches on that and how she's trying to get her life back together and pick up the pieces. And, you know, no one wants to hire She-Hulk. Uh, so she has to learn how to be that strong, sassy woman. Um, without the transformation but at the same time she hulk is an entity as well and she can't just you know not let her out so she has to learn how to be comfortable with herself and comfortable with she hulk and kind of find this nice balance um and it's really f silly and again it's very very bridget jones's diary like you just get there's like some romance stuff and um you know but it's still there's a lot of her being smart and trying to find uh, to take cases and there, there's one big case that she's working on and that's kind of the uh, overall kind of story that or conflict that drives the story forward. There we go. Um, and I enjoyed it for what it was, but I think that's what you have to do. Like enjoy it for what it is. Like know that it's a romance novel and know that it's geared for a certain audience and then kind of go in with those expectations. Right. Right. I, I think it did a lot of disservice or I did a lot of disservice to it by reading She-Hulk comics as I was reading the novel. Yeah. I imagine that would be really hard. Like <laughs> separating the two. Mm -hmm. um, I also, Maybe this oh, sorry. I was gonna say I also took a look at a um, Fantastic Four, where she was one of the members um, back in the '80s, and it was a great issue. <laughs> she was sunbathing on a roof, and uh, a traffic helicopter was hovering by, and got a picture of her uh, topless, <laughs> and it, it was going to go in a magazine. So she had to go to the magazine office as Jennifer Walters and try to get the pictures back, but. You know, she ended up transforming into She-Hulk and made it, like, really difficult for the guy to cash his money. It was hilarious. Um, so I, I'm glad to know that, at least in that issue, it's the same She-Hulk that I, I started to love in Dan Slott's run. Um, Melissa, you had some thoughts, too. Sorry, we kind of... It's harder. Like, we're not all in the same room, so we kind of have yeah. to be really polite about everything. Oh, would you like a turn? Like we, <laughs> we don't have those visual cues that, like, the guys do for the show where they know that one of them wants to say something. So we will find our rhythm. But, Melissa? Um, well, I was going to say, this might be a better question for our Talking Comics history buff, Bob. But um, I was thinking when I was reading this, I wonder... I don't know when was the Stan Slot series originally published. Uh, How old is this? Two thousand four. Okay, so it's not that old. Um, I, I was just wondering how how has She Hulk been received by Hulk fans? You know, like because her whole 
kind of premise on being She-Hulk is completely different. The whole point of the Hulk, of the Incredible Hulk, was, you know, that it was all his anger and his emotions would get the best of him and cause it. And it was very involuntary and he was very embarrassed of it. And um, she's completely the opposite. She's got complete control over it and she's quite proud of who she is when she's the Hulk. You know, it's almost cocky about it. And so I was just curious as to how, you know, the Incredible Hulk readers, like when She-Hulk was introduced and if if she's been well received in that aspect as as her own character or are people kind of critical of the the weird twist of the Hulk. Well, character. how do you, how do you feel about it as somebody who grew up with the TV series? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I appreciate, I, when I first heard it, when I first figured it, like read the little premise of what she was about, I thought, I don't know about this, you know, I'm suspicious, but I think that they've worked the same, uh, insecurity that Bruce Banner has about who he is into her. It's just twisted, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just kind of the exact opposite. She's insecure of who she is when she's not the Hulk, where Bruce Banner's insecure of himself when he is the Hulk. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting way to twist it around. And I just, you know, as I read it, I was curious and thinking like when this, when, when her character was introduced, if people were, uh, were happy about this or not, I, I'm, I, I love it. I think they did great things with her. I'm going to keep on reading these, even though we're not going to be talking about it probably again, but (laughs) I'm going to think about this, right? We are like finding new things to read by, you know, expanding our horizons yeah no i'm gonna keep reading this whole series um and like we kind of initially said that we were gonna keep this around half an hour but we've already Mm -hmm. managed to go over that but um i know we just we underestimated how much we would have to say about everything (laughs) (laughs) um but you know uh, did you guys read anything else, She-Hulk, that was notable to you outside of the dance slot stuff that you guys want to mention? Um, FF by Matt Fraction. Okay. Uh, that was, it just recently wrapped up. I don't know how many issues long it is. Uh, art by Mike Allred. But the whole premise is Fantastic Four is taking a vacation um, because Reed Richards goofed up and he's got to go find a cure for himself and everyone else. But it's touted as like a field trip for the kids. Anyway, they're like, we're going to time travel, but it should only take us about four minutes to do it all. And in that four minutes, he gets She-Hulk, Ant-Man, Medusa, and um, I think her name's Darla. She's like this girlfriend of Johnny. She doesn't really, she doesn't have any powers to guard New York while they're gone. Well, they go time traveling and they don't come back. So it's a humorous teen teen book um, with three women and one man on it. And She-Hulk is kind of like, um, you know, she's the experienced Fantastic Four member. She's She knows how the team works. She's uh, was pretty much one of the top choices to come in and do that. But it's, it's a pretty good book. I mean, it's got lots of kids in it. So it shows that, you know, a little bit of childish humor along with it. But it's not She-Hulk specific but she plays a, a pretty big role in it. And did you have any like prior uh, Fantastic Four or FF knowledge to get into this, or did you just pick it up and go? I, I just picked it up. Um, it helps that I live with someone whose lifelong mission is to collect every single Fantastic Four issue out there <laughs> and read them all. So <laughs> um, 
she she hulk is is pretty prominent in our household we actually for our wedding received a chris samney she hulk commission from one of our friends oh wow yeah in her ff uniform so it's, nice. it's pretty sweet uh, but you really don't really, you don't need to know a whole lot except that the Fantastic Four kind of has like this, this academy thing going on with a bunch of kids. So okay. it, it's, they're like a lot of alien kids and they're hilarious. Um, Melissa, did you have anything else you wanted to add on, um, to our She-Hulk discussion? Any books or? No, no, I actually, I wanted to, um, check out the Fantastic Four issue that Mara recommended, um, the Matt Fraction one, but I didn't get to it. I know, so. time sucks. It's like, we don't ever have enough time for everything that we want to yeah. read and do. And no, and there's so many things I'm trying to catch up on right now. <laughs> um, well, I'll quickly throw out, um, there was a fun little story in, uh, Marvel did a couple anthologies called Strange Tales. Um, and in the first one, there's a She-Hulk story with John Jameson and Jennifer Walters. And there's a wedding, and it's kind of set in, like, old times, and she doesn't know if she wants to marry him, and he, he doesn't know if he wants to marry her. They're both, like, defective, and they, they, it's kind of alluded to that no one else wants them because of, you know, reasons. <laughs> um, and, you know, but we, we know what those problems are as comic book fans, and, you know, it's just like I... Uh, th like three pages I think but it's a fun little story along with all the other things in there um and then the other thing that I read because I wanted to kind of broaden my horizons past just plain old She-Hulk was Red She-Hulk volume one mm -hmm. so that collects issues 58 to 62 of Red She-Hulk and it's written by Jeff Parker um and this isn't Jennifer Walters this is um uh Betty, Betty Ross. Yes. Um, who is Bruce Banner's ex-wife? Ex-girlfriend? Uh, I don't know if they got married or not, but she's definitely Thunderbolt Ross's or the Red Hulk's daughter. Yes. Because they were, they were, and her brief, brief, brief origin is just like, she was by a gamma ray explosion and people, you know, that happened to be around there were kind of prime people for further gamma experimentation stuff mm. i believe i believe that's what i got from it i didn't actually do any wikipedia in uh after that so i'm just going on what you know was sort of uh said to me but it's it's very 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 different yeah um and i don't want to go into it too much but uh it's just kind of something else if anyone is you know liking this conversation and wants to check out more and um, red she hulk is very good but very like it's not like jennifer walters and betty ross are both like incredibly smart women um in this comic book world but just in very different ways uh, and in this series i believe it's called like hell have no fury um and she's like on this mission to stop something bad she sees a future um, and where, you know, uh, shit gets out of hand <laughs> and she's trying to find a way to stop it, but nobody will help her. And she accidentally kills somebody. And because of that, the Avengers don't understand what she's doing. And like, you know, she was on this sort of solo vigilante mission 
and now like the Avengers are hunting her because they think she like you know the government side is kind of oh well she's wrecking property she's killing people she must be stopped so she's a fugitive on the run and trying to save the world but nobody knows she's trying to save the world and um Betty Ross can control her transformations but then there's like the red she-hulk and then there's you know hulk red hulk red she-hulk who is hulky um <laughs> and she kind of has to you know deal with all of those sort of transformations in the book and um I don't know if I loved the story, but I thought it was very interesting, especially uh, compared to reading like the Dan Slott stuff and even the first issue of the Charles Soul. It's um, very, very, very different, but mm -hmm. keeping in that same theme where it's smart women who are put in a position to be really powerful and make some really tough choices. But yeah. I, I don't know if any of you guys read that as well, but I read the first three issues of it and I dropped it because I got schizophrenia and dissociative identity disorder confused. <laughs> Curses. <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I, did, I was looking for, we, we had this discussion briefly the it, other it, day. Um, spoilers. It was in the single issues, um, are like a recap page or something like oh. that. So it wouldn't be in the trays. All I have to go do is just read the tray and forget oh, that. Okay. But and I was like looking for it and I wanted to be like, I wanted to shake my fist on behalf of, mm -hmm. you know, you because I knew what to look for, but I never saw it. So noted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys have anything else to add in about our She-Hulk discussion? Do we have an overall verdict on what we thought of She-Hulk? I'm team She-Hulk. <laughs> Shulky. Yeah. I think She-Hulk rocks in the right hands. Yes. Let's say that. I think those are wise words. Um, <laughs> I think it sounds like you're waiting for the trade uh, of the new She-Hulk book, if you're going to continue reading it at all. Yeah, I much prefer to read things in big chunks. Me too. I don't, I don't have the patience to wait for an issue. It's hard. <laughs> well. Especially if it's not something that I'm really super crazy about. You know, something like Saga, I'll read every time that comes out. I can't wait for the next one. But something like this that's new and I'm trying to like, eh, I'm going to give it a shot, you know, I'll stick with it for a little bit. Yeah, I'd rather have like a big chunk so I can just read it and figure out if I like it. Fair enough. Um, well, I think it's safe to say that we all learned some stuff this week about yes. She-Hulk. Um, and if you guys have any thoughts on She-Hulk or want to carry on the conversation with us, um, please join us in the forums. Um, we'll write up a post for this week's show. Uh, and if you have any more questions, I mean, you've, you've mostly heard about the stuff that we've read. So if you want to give us some schooling on things we shouldn't be reading or, um, talk to us about the things we did read join us there um i think we are now all on the forums we all have accounts so we'll try to keep up with that um under the misfits section um so we that, also have a twitter now yeah, yeah we do well it's the underscore misfits with two s's because we're clever and ladies it's miss not missus yes <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
we will do all of the contact stuff in a smidge. First of all, we're going to just answer one quick listener question because we asked for them just in case we had time, but now I feel bad not answering at least one of them. <laughs> so, um, uh, Curse7781 asked, which new comic book title are you looking forward to reading these upcoming months and why? Melissa. <gasps> oh, gosh. Okay, <laughs> mine is really vague and I don't have a lot of information on it. <laughs> it's because all the, the only thing that's available right now is a teaser, but it's called The October Faction and it's from Steve Niles and Damian Worm. Um, and Steve Niles has released uh, a, a teaser or two with some um, illustrations and such um, to kind of, oh, shoot, and of course I've lost it now. Um, but it looks really cool and really creepy. And Damien Worm's artwork looks really awesome. And it's Steve Niles. And everything that Steve Niles writes, in my opinion, is pretty spot on and kick ass so he yeah. is pretty awesome yeah he rarely writes anything bad or boring so oh and he just lost his puppy sonny yeah so poor our hearts sonny. go out to steve niles and yeah sonny lived a dog's life like none other i think mm -hmm. losing <laughs> a pet's the worst but we won't get into that yeah. too much we know your pain steve and we hope you know Sunny is in a good place now. He's up there with his cape on. Yeah. Doggy heaven with his little Superman cape. <laughs> but yeah, the October faction is what I'm most looking forward to from Steve Niles. Very nice. And Mara? I am looking forward to Madame Frankenstein from Image. And I believe it's coming out in May. But I want to quote the um, press release real quick. Just to give you kind of a feel of what this book is. I have always been fascinated by the Frankenstein legend and the deeper mythological meanings in Shelley's original novel. So when Megan came to me with her concept for a My Fair Lady style appropriation of the concept, it took me all of two seconds to say yes, said Rich. There seemed to be so much potential there, both in terms of exploring the thematic depths of the story and playing around with the look and feel of classic horror. The downfall of Victor Frankenstein was that he played God and tried to build his own version of man. His hubris was in thinking too highly of his own capacity for creation. Our mad doctor's bigger mistake is underestimating the power of women. So the whole point about this book is uh, the the doctor is out to make the perfect woman, a la Frankenstein. So nice. And that's um, Jamie S. Rich and Megan Levins. Nice. I would definitely be down for reading that too. It looks so cool. Um, and uh, my book to round things out here is also from Image. And that is Low from Rick Remender, who's currently doing Black Science and Deadly Class. Um, and the artist is Greg Tuccini from um, Uncanny X-Force and The Last Days of American Crime. And um, again, there's not like a ton of info on all of these books, so I'm just going to quickly read what it's about in case you haven't heard about it. But uh, Low is set in the distant future after humanity has relocated to radiation-shielded cities below the sea. And the surface of the planet has become a scorched, unhabitable wasteland. A probe has returned with information on a possible alternative planet for humans, but it has landed on the Earth, Earth's surface. A few brave representatives from the warring human clans venture out to receive it and ho the hopeful news that it bears. So um, there was little you know, snippets of the art released uh, earlier in the year at Image Expo, and it just looks incredible. 
and I think like last year Rick Remender wasn't really even on my radar, but now with Deadly Class and, you know, some other stuff that he's been doing, he's just like, whoa. This is like, I think, probably my must read book for this year. I like Rick Remender a lot. Mm hmm. It is I, I, I am excited. Um, so that is our one listener question for this week. <laughs> we'll 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 get into this when we have kind of a rhythm and we're better at, you know, our format and such. But um yeah, bear with us as we kinda get you used to doing this and finding out what things work and what things don't. Um we really want your feedback. Um, again, the forums is probably the best place to do that, or even in the comments section um, of this post for talk on the Talking Comic Books website. Um, but just keep in mind that this is new and this is a passion project for us. So if Be you're gentle, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, please remember that we have feelings, <laughs> and this is our baby. Uh, it's been a long time in the works, even though I know a lot of the times. Not you guys necessarily, but I'm all over the place. But um, we did plan this out with a lot of thought and, you know, trying to make sure we were giving you guys new and interesting content. So uh, remember the value of creative criticism, constructive <laughs> criticism, not creative criticism, although that's also <laughs> applicable. <laughs> creative is fine, too. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just remember that if you're going to help us uh, make this show better, do it with criticisms that help and don't hurt. All right? We are not lady bots. No. And <laughs> if you want us to keep doing stuff like this, you're going to have to say your things that need improvement with nice words and actual <laughs> ways we can improve it. Um, but you can do so again um, on the website. If you're reading or listening to this via the feed, um, you can leave a comment uh, over on TalkingComicBooks.com. Um, uh, under podcasts, we're going to have our own little subheading under The Misfits. So you can check out that and leave us comments there. Or the best place to interact with us all at once um, is over in the forums. So there's a link to the forums, again, on TalkingComicBooks.com. All you have to do is click the forums um, and you'll be taken there. Otherwise, you can go to Talking Comics dot freeforums.net um and uh other than that uh we don't have any emails yet to kind of mass get a hold of us but those are the best places to do so for now um you can get a hold of us on our brand spanking new twitter which is um at the underscore misfits and that's m-i-s-s-f-i-t-s um and our individual twitters um, I'm at Hello Cookie, Melissa. Uh, I'm at Lissa Punch, L I S S A Punch, Punch Punch. <laughs> and Mara, at Mega Mara Mon. And yeah, so those are the places you can get a hold of us. Um, we all kind of run the Twitter. We all have access to it. So if you have individual questions for us or stuff on there, you can use that. If you can't remember our individual Twitters or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's where you can get a hold of us. And um, I think Thanks that's for coming. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really know how to end this like sign off. Bobby has, you know, the fancy to be continued and stuff. And I don't know. 
Just do a lunge. Yeah, verbal lunge. Let's <laughs> just lunge your way out the back door. Yeah. And a little meow. I'm shimmying. <laughs> well, I think that's, this is it. I'm sorry we've run a bit long, although maybe I'm not sorry if you guys have enjoyed this and all that stuff. So um, this has been a lot of fun for me and hopefully for you guys as well as listeners and for Melissa and Mara. So this has been us. Um, and I guess we are signing off now. I can't yeah. wait to hear from everybody. Yes. So exciting. Such exciting. Please let us know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, goodbye, everybody. And goodbye. have a great Bye. week. <laughs>